Welcome, kind person, to episode 36, I believe, of my podcast, The View from the Crow's Nest. I hope things are all rocking and rolling with you. Well, guess what I've been doing today? You're right. I've been working on the Grip the Sky experience, because that's all I've been doing for the past 700 years. Every single day, it seems. But, news! I've nearly finished it. Like, really, really, nearly finished it. I have the intro video to do, the outro video to do, and a last bit of configuring of the store to make it a bit smoother, because at the moment it's not quite working correctly. And then um, the last thing is just to make sure everything is actually functioning, the tracking um, and all of these things. Um, And I've got an Easter egg hunt in there as well, and I need to make sure that that is all labelled up correctly, etc., um, but basically, it's it's really nearly there. I've overcome pretty much all the technical hurdles. So most definitely next week, it will be uh, ready for people to go through. And um, first, it will be released to my wife. <laughs> She'll be the first person because she's heard me bang on about it for so long that um, I think it's fair. And then after that, it will go through to the people, my members of the lab. And then after that, my private members club, if you don't know what that is. Um, and after that, then it will start getting released uh, bit by bit to everybody on my mailing list. So if you're on my mailing list, then you will be seeing it in a, in a fairly short while. And after all of that, then it will get released to the general public. So, um, yeah, we're nearly we're nearly there, which is, oh, it's going to be nice when it's done. It really is. Um, literally, that's all I did today. Um, worked you know, pretty pretty hard on that but I'm pleased with how it's going I'm pleased with how it's looking so so that's good after I finish that product product project the next project will be looking at the marketing and it's a fortuitous timing because I'll be looking at the marketing for that but also the marketing and generally putting together my um, marketing agency audience ninja because it seems that uh, well I need to send a proposal tomorrow to a potential client but it looks like we might be moving on with our first client um you know very shortly next week or certainly soon after that so ideal time to be getting team together looking at marketing etc so that's really cool and on that note i've been reading um i've been trying to find books about basically getting stuff done so you've got ideas that's kind of easy um you know but ideas aren't worth anything if you don't do stuff with them and as i've mentioned many times before one of the areas i'd like to improve on is my ability to get stuff out there to get stuff done and I think team is a massive part of that getting a team on board to amplify um, the time available but also structure and um, methods of working and focus discipline I mean I'm very disciplined but um, maybe lacking a bit of structure or had been and whatnot so I've been working on that and I've been reading a few books on it Um, I read I'm currently reading a book by, I think, Scott Belsky called Making Ideas Happen. And I've got to say, I'm 34% of the way into the book. And pretty much the only thing he said is make action steps. Um, Now, I'm sure he said a few more things than that. But if that's all I can really remember after 34% of the way through a book, then I think that the book is fairly light um, on real meat and content. Um, so I'm going to do something which I did with a book before that, which I believe was Pamela Slim's body of work, um, which I was hoping would give me a, um, you know, a, a kind of insight into the 
what ties the thread between all the various different things that I've done over my life and various different interests. And again, 39% of the way into that book, and I've had to park it, which I really hate doing. But when there's basically nothing coming at you for the first third of the book, you've got to think, well, there's probably not going to be much more coming for the rest of the book. Um, so now I've opened, given the marketing focus of the next uh, project and the next few things, um, I've opened the um, a new book, which is This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. And if you don't know Seth Godin, then you've obviously never looked at one of the, the world leaders in it. Um, he's, he's, he's been going oh, 20, 30 years. He's launched companies. He's written about 16 books plus. Um, he's done something like three and a half thousand blog posts. He posts every day. The guy's as prolific as they come. He's very forward thinking and uh, he's coined a lot of terms which are in normal use now with regards to building a tribe, for example, and stuff like that. So apparently this book is kind of, it's 2018, I think, so quite new. And it's a kind of a culmination of everything. So I'm really hoping to get a, a some good ideas out of it, or at least, at the very least, a solid reminder and overview of, of marketing. Um, but one thing that... Um, and I must say it was reading something in Scott Belsky's book, the one I was reading before that, Making Things Happen. He was talking, this was this book was written, I think, 2011, and he was talking about Seth Godin back then, uh, maybe even 2010. And he was saying that he saw him at a talk and he was talking about um, how he how he has so much quality stuff going out there. But basically it's because he has so many failures. And one of Seth Godin's main, main um ideas is you must ship you must get it out there it's no good not getting it out there it's, it's a very obvious thing but so Seth Godin says you know because basically I get stuff out there so much of course some of the stuff is good and overall you know it seems that I produce a lot of good stuff whereas actually I just produce a lot of stuff some of it you know needs happens to be good because of the volume and it reminded me of something because um, it's identical which I often quote to other people um, for music and it's such a I mean, this was possibly the first time I heard it in context outside of music, but it makes total sense. And that is that the people we consider geniuses or, you know, who have the most hits in music, who have the most um, widely known pieces and the la largest majority of them, are also the artists who shipped the most, to use Seth Godin's term. These are the artists who wrote the most, who put the most out there. So the idea is that quantity begets quality effectively so to give some ideas of the modern era you can think of prince you know prince has got so many rubbish songs um or at least rubbish in the recordings that he made at the time that he made those initial recordings but because he wrote so many songs and because he recorded so many because he played so much he had loads of hits an unbelievable amount of hits and of course, his craft was getting better because he did so much of the you know writing songs. But also, he um, because of the volume, he was bound to have some good ideas that just stuck. And moreover, Prince particularly, probably more than any other artist, he his songs evolved almost every tour. You know, he'd play one song one way on the album when he recorded it, and by the time you heard it two, three different tours later, it would sound completely different, variations, variety, whatever, depending on the band he had, depending on the mood he was in, etc. Um, and it, to my mind, it was 
that has, is a big wake-up call because it's like, look, just because, and as a musician, I know so many musicians, all of us were like, oh, this isn't the vision of my song, so I can't record it quite right yet. Forgetting that the recording that you make of it is purely just a snapshot of that song at that point with the resources available to you and your skill set. That doesn't mean the song has to stay there. A song is not static. And yet the vast majority of artists, 99% of artists, even the artists that have made it, their songs are static. You know, you hear them on the record 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and then you hear them play them now and they're exactly the same. And a lot of people like that. They're like, well, that's what I pay the money for. But to my mind, it's like, well... I could just sit at home with a good pair of headphones and you know, really enjoy the album if I want to hear them like that. I want to hear something more interesting. And for me, one of the best live bands I've seen is Counting Crows. And they are also a band who, whose songs evolve, who play different versions of them very regularly. Um, and sometimes it's a bit of a downer gig. Sometimes it doesn't quite work and gel. And other times it's one of the best gigs you've ever seen. Um, so I really appreciate that. And of course, there are some artists where the song is just so much about the song that you kind of don't want to change it. I'm thinking maybe Pink Floyd, you know, obviously best-selling band in the world pretty much. So they have something and they had something, but their songs are on a different level. You know, this is a whole different experience to listen to Pink Floyd. Um, the depth of everything is what you want to hear. And of course they have the visuals to go with it, which helps keep it fresh. But um, or helped keep it fresh when they were playing. Um, so Prince is a modern example. But let's go back, you know, 50, 60 years. The Beatles, humongous output, really huge output. And of course, massive amount of hits, but a load of songs that are probably quite forgettable. Um, I'm not a huge Beatles, affa, you know, I was about to say avocado, it's clearly not the right word. Afficondo, affa, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so I don't know their catalogue too much. But... If you go back even further to classical composers of Mozart and Beethoven, so there was um, a, a, not a test, there was a research done, and I uh, can't think of the right word, but it will come to me, um, where they did research to see why is it that artists like composers like Beethoven and Mozart are so well known, and others really aren't today. And what they came up with, what they concluded with, the idea these guys wrote more stuff simple as that they just had a vastly higher output volume output and as a consequence they had m more likelihood of scoring quote unquote a hit or a masterpiece or you know well remembered work and of course because they put more stuff out there they had more experience more 10,000 hours or whatever more mastery if you want to call it that and as a result their ability to write a, a hit or what have you increased because of obviously the skill so all of this is a long way of saying it was a reminder to me today, um, thinking about it from a business point of view, from a Seth Godin point of view, that shipping, getting stuff out there, volume is the pre, almost a prerequisite for long term you know, quality. And um, so how does that actually reflect on everything? Well, it means I've got to get Grip the Sky experience done and out there massively fast. It means I've got to work on the next album, the next story, the next X, Y and Z and just get it out there. Just ship it. So now I'm reading This Is Marketing. I'm literally on the chapter one. Uh, I just read the intro, so I'm 4% of the way into the book. Um, I don't know what it's going to give me. Hopefully it's going to give me, you know, at least a, a motivation, a refresher or whatnot. At the very least, at the most, I hope it gives me new concepts, new ideas and whatnot. But let's see so that's where i am um looking forward to the week ahead looking forward to 
shipping and getting stuff done. And um, yeah, it's exciting times ahead. On a completely different note, my body, my body, my legs today are in such pain. My my quadriceps, my hamstrings, my glutes, um, every step, particularly sitting or standing, going up or downstairs is so sore and painful. So that makes me feel like my personal training session yesterday when he did tell me we can do legs and it's really going to hurt you tomorrow. He was right, um, but it makes me feel like I'm doing something right with my body. So <laughs> proof is in the pudding. Let's see down the line. Anywho, thank you for sticking with me. If you're on Twitter, come and say hello. At Romeo Crow. If you're not, do it anyway. It'll be fun, I promise. I will leave you with your thoughts. Take care of yourself. Doodles!